Should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Just gonna replace me. Shut up! Random Morales, the biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? And Greg DeMarco. You are now and will forever be an asshole. Cause it's my Why? show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. What is up? It is a beautiful Tuesday evening. The date is November the 8th, 2022. I'm so excited because, well, tomorrow, the day you're listening to this is uh, supposedly, I want to double check and make sure that we're not just totally wrong in this, but the day that you're listening to this is apparently the 25th anniversary of the Montreal Screwdrop. There's no apparently about it. November 9th, 1997, it was very early Survivor Series that year, was the date of the Montreal Screwjob. So we're going to talk about it. But not yet. This is the Greg DeMarco Show. My name's Greg DeMarco. He is Patrick O'Dowd. You can find him at Wrestling Realist on the Twitter. I mean, if you're not already following him, like how's he ever going to get to 600 if you're not already following him? Like we need the Patrick 600, the, the, the prophecy that is the Patrick 600 to come true. At Wrestling Realist, W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist, and there is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist, Patrick O'Dowd. There's one in six, Patrick O'Dowd. There's one in six. There's one. Uh, 54 bots away from six. All right, so we're at, we're at what, 446? No, 546. 546. 546. Yeah, 54, 54 to go. Bots away. I think you were at 546 last time we talked about this, weren't you? No, no. And since the last, I was at like I was in like the 530s. Oh, okay. I, I, I've picked up some great fake ones. Um, 
I was just, I was looking over. Let's see. Uh, a couple of ladies joined me. Uh, there you go. Heather, Heather Padovani. Oh. With her two followers. She's now following Her two me. followers. Both of her followers. So that's going to boost my signal. The two idiots um, who uh, thought she was real. Let's see. Here's a, lo- here's a lot of comments about me booing. Uh, Queenie Farini. Oh, Queenie Farini? With she her lived around the 48. corner from me back in East Rockaway, New York when I was growing up. With with her with her 48 followers, you know, jumped on the bandwagon. That's not bad. 48 uh, better than two. Kyoko Hazlett. Oh, she, she was one of the women in the, 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 the audio I played at the beginning of the show. Yeah, well, um, all 14 of her followers appreciate that as well. Just nice. uh, I'm I'm picking up daily. Daily, baby. It's good. I thought um you know, with uh, with with the Elon Musk, here's what Elon Musk has done. Um, Elon Musk has made it easier for me to buy into fake Twitter accounts. Because Greg, I got all excited about something I talked to you on the podcast. Fake account, fake post. Patrick bought it, got excited, and then was like, "Damn it!" What was the fake account, fake post you got excited about? The St. Louis Cardinal thing that I was going nuts about. I was oh, like, oh, that's not somebody, even real. Somebody made it. Yeah, somebody made a fake St. Louis Cardinal account. Oh. Uh, and I got so excited, I posted it on the Chair Shot Sports thread, and it was like, it's a fake account. There's it's, a Chair Shot Sports I, thread? There is a Chair Shot Sports thread. You're in the Chair Spot. Are you not in the Chair Shot Sports thread? I don't know. Chair Shot Sports 2.0? Maybe I am. Anyway, I I, I did. Here's the thing is, I, I got one Mr. PC Tunny rolling his eyes when I posted it. Um I, I I have it. I, I admitted it was a fake account, as if I knew it was a fake account. So now, when he hears this podcast or doesn't hear this podcast, um, he'll know that like I got got. Yeah, you know what? It's all good. I was just so I was so excited. I th- I thought the Cardinals were doing things. <laughs> Not that thing. Not that. This thing is at a all. baseball podcast. But that's okay now, because Greg. the uh, the account who did that is going to be permanently banned from Twitter soon enough because they are impersonating someone else. And that is now yes. a perma ban well, on the Twitter. I thought that was only if you impersonated Elon. And like, Elon and said if you said, impersonate anybody and are not clearly labeled as a parody, even though clearly labeled parody <laughs> accounts of Elon are getting permanently yes, banned from, from Twitter. From Elon's Very personal true. new toy, his $44 billion toy. He could have bought four sports teams and built them all a stadium with $44 million. Instead, he right. bought Twitter and wants to charge people $8 a month for a blue check mark. Well, and there's a, I mean, it's, it's going a step further. There's another rumor that he's considered putting the whole site behind a paywall, which if he does that, like enjoy your $44 waste of money. Oh, if he puts the whole site behind a paywall, there's no point. To oh, it. I'm out. I don't yeah, think that rumor will come true. I think the $8 thing will come true. He said it so many times. Um, oh, yeah. And what's but funny is most of the people who are mad about the $8 thing have more money than they it. know what to do with and right. have no problem. And there's a whole hell of a lot of people on Twitter right now who don't understand what the First Amendment really is. But Oh, no, not including the guy who is preaching about the value of Twitter embracing the First Amendment. Right, like no, none Elon of them Musk has no fucking clue what he's talking about. Is he's like, I believe in free speech and freedom of thought. Oh, by the way, vote Republican because I said so. Like literally, what the dude did. 
Anyway. And he's free to say that. He is. But he's not covered by the First Amendment because that's not what it's about. No. But that's okay. Yeah, no, punish, this is not a political podcast, it. nor a government podcast, you nor a baseball it. podcast. So It's going to get political when we talk about this anniversary. Different kind of politics. But it's wrestling. Yeah. It's, it's wrestling politics. Wrestling politics. So, yeah. Well, it's always a political podcast when it comes to that because it's wrestling, it's wrestling Twitter, it's all that. You can follow the website at ChairShot Media. That's ChairShot.com where we encourage you to do one thing and one thing only, and that's always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And Patrick O'Dowd, I don't know how many years it's been. I changed the handle on the Twitter. Wait, what? I changed the handle. It is no longer ChairShot Greg. It is now Greg DeMarco 4-4. And if you're a numerology person, you could look it up and, and see why I picked that. I've been thinking about changing this for like two years and was like, yeah, I'm going to change the handle. Huh. So I changed it. Yeah, there is. So be it. There, there it is. Facebook, Looking Twitter, and Instagram and at Greg DeMarco 44. You know, because there's there's multiple facets to a human being other than one website. So yeah. I made the leap. I made the jump. I finally did it. I thought I I did it randomly, did it one day last week. I looked them up, made sure they were all available. All because that's the problem, right? If you want to keep them right. the same across all the platforms. You got to make sure they're available. I was kind of wondering if this whole Elon Musk thing could lead to me getting at Greg DeMarco on Twitter because that person had hasn't tweeted since 2012. But yeah. you know, like no I might give you eight dollars for one month if you're willing to give me at Greg DeMarco on on the oh, Twitter, Jesus. and then I'll just cancel it after the one month. Um, I'll pay right. eight dollars to get at Greg DeMarco. That dude hasn't tweeted since 2012, and when he did tweet in 2012. There was some wrestling-related stuff, so I do think it was an impersonator. There are several different ones out there that I found. Most of them are old. Damn. Back in the 411 Mania days, they are there. But we digress because that's what we do. Look, this show is available on everything. So whatever platform you are listening on, maybe it's iTunes, maybe Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, who knows? Go ahead and like, subscribe, leave that five-star review. Hit the bell for the notification so you'll get notified whenever a new episode drops on the Chair Shot Radio Network could be this show, could be the hashtag Miranda show next week when it comes back. You got Bandwagon Nerds, DWI, Mindless Wrestling Podcast. You know, if the Outsiders edit does an episode, you'll get notified and you can listen to it just by clicking that little bell. All of it to support the Chair Shot Radio Network and, of course, this here website, thechairshot.com. So we have several things to talk about today. This is one of those weeks where there's too much stuff to talk about, and I want to talk about all of it. So that's what we're going to do. So Patrick O'Dowd, are you ready to discuss topic number one? On the edge of my seat, sir. Of course you are. Damn! So first thing we're going to talk about, this weekend, the Crown Jewel, WWE Crown Jewel, took place in the kingdom, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So you know what that means. Patrick O'Dowd did not watch, but that is a-okay. However, what did every Patrick O'Dowd post Crown Jewel? What was everyone left talking about? They were talking about one Logan Paul. Logan and his Paul. His performance. His third ever professional wrestling match in front of an audience, because I'm sure he's done full matches in training that we will never ever see. But Logan. Alexander Paul 
stepped up, showed up at, at, at Crown Jewel and wrestled the greatest professional wrestler walking the earth today, Roman Reigns. And he did his thing, Patrick O'Dowd. He did his thing. He, he showed did. what he shows every time in the ring that he belongs. You know, the, the the complaint was like he's getting this. He's only had two matches. They're doing it. They're doing it for for you know a publicity stunt. They're doing it for for views, for notoriety, for eyeballs. Patrick, what's the statistic you shared with me? I shared a uh, photo um, of Logan Paul doing the frog splash from the top onto Roman Reigns on the table. And this came from the WrestleOps uh, Twitter handle. As of this moment in time, the Logan Paul frog splash onto Roman Reigns through the table across all WWE slash Logan social platforms has, in under 24 hours, attained 37,200,000 views. That was on November 6th. Right. We are recording this on November 8th. You're listening on November 9th. 37 million views. I think let the me, most me, views that any, that any AEW video has ever gotten is like 6.7 million or something like that. And I think it's a John Moxley thing. Maybe it's CM Punk returning. I don't know. But either way, 37 million views. That's just insane. Like that's just just shows the reach that Logan Paul has. But here's the thing, dude. He's not Snooky. All right. He's not even, this is no insult to the name I'm about to say. And it's going to piss off a whole lot of people. But at this point, it's the truth. He's not bad bunny either. He's better. And, and he has shown, he knows how to tell a story in the ring. He's a storyteller. Look, he, he, he's been a, a salesperson. He's, you know, been showing and, and selling boxing pay-per-views and all this stuff with his brother. Like he is showing up and showing out every time in a WWE ring. And if not for the injury that he sustained at Crown Jewel, the talk would already be, when is he wrestling again? And now that's not going to be the talk because it's, you know, if, if, if the, what's been reported, if what he said he believed it could be is true, he's looking at a year anyway. So, um, dude's got it, man. Dude has got it. And, and I can't, I, I won't listen to it. I won't listen to complaints about what he does in the ring. I just won't because it's null and valid or null and null and void at this point. Yeah. It's, it's insane. To, it's, we talked. We spent a whole episode, or a good chunk of last week's episode, talking about sort of the, the whole like wrestling entitlement playlist sort of stuff. This isn't what you think wrestling should be, and I, I just feel like anybody who's complaining about Logan Paul, though I think that it was quieted significantly after the the performance of this match. Like you said, I don't I don't watch the Saudi Arabia shows. Um, I don't I don't watch any of those. Uh, but you'd have to be under a rock not to know how the match went just based on yeah. the opinions of people. And even the, even the like most staunch, like anti Logan Paul people had like, were were endorsing this. They match. have to like at this, point. even I'm, I'm, I'm even willing to bet your buddy Dave had nice things. To say. He probably did. He probably did. Um, because he doesn't want to be on the wrong side of, of history. And and he right. would be at this point. I think he gets it. He said nice things about Bad Bunny when he performed too. So 
I, I definitely think right. you're probably right. I do think he probably said good things. I just, yeah, I mean, it, it's, there's nothing, I don't even know what to say. Like the dude is a pro wrestler. Said the same thing about Bad Bunny when he debuted. Same thing about Logan Paul. Like he is a pro wrestler. If he committed himself to this full time, he'd probably become the biggest star in the world. Like that's how good he is. Remember, he's only had two matches. He trained with The Miz for his first match, The Miz for his second match, and Shawn Michaels for his third match. Now, it's pretty damn good trainers. Like, let's be be full and clear here about the trainers that he has received. But he's an athlete. He wrestled in college. He he's been been you know involved in athletics for most of his life. He 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 built a huge following on YouTube. He's a marketer. Like he is, is the dream of everybody in this business and everybody who promotes in this business. And at this point, I think you got to call him like one of the five biggest stars in the world in terms of pro wrestling. Well, now that's a bold statement. But I mean, look at his reach, though. It's his reach that does it. For yeah, him. yeah. It's his. It's his footprint. It's it's the footprint he brings in. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. And he delivers. Uh, I he think, didn't come I think, in. I think. He's. I don't look at him as a celebrity wrestling anymore. Right. I think. Uh, yeah. I think that you will when this podcast is being played. Uh, some of our noble re- listeners are going to get a little indignant over yes. that. Yes, I think they will. So, but too bad because I'm uh, right. He is one of the top five professional wrestlers on this planet today. I will hear nothing of it. You think that's bad? Wait till we talk about the Montreal Screwdrop. You want to hear me not hearing anything of it? We will get there. Um, I really so. War oh, game. Hold on. Okay. Oh, hold on. I, I do want to say this. Somebody tweeted it. Our boy Dave. If Logan Paul isn't Rookie of the Year, there's something wrong in the world. And Dave's response is: There is real stiff competition this year. Braun Breaker and Fujiwara in Dragon Gate. Because everybody watches them some Dragon Gate. Hook qualifies as well. In most years, yes. Wait a minute. Hang on. Wait just a goddamn minute, Patrick O'Dowd. You mean to tell me... Look, first of all, Braun Breaker, I know he qualifies because 2021 wasn't a full year. Like, I get that. And I'm sure there's a date that he debuted in October 2021. So I'm sure that's part of the reason why. But And Braun's had a great year. Logan Paul performed in front of three stadiums so far in his career. Yep. He main evented a WWE pay-per-view, a premium live event, against Roman Reigns. And I watched the match. And, and I watched the whole thing. And and I thought the same thing. I didn't think this at WrestleMania, but I thought it at SummerSlam, and I think it now. He was not carried in those matches. Like, he performed as an equal member of the match. They told a story with Logan Paul in the Roman Reigns match. Now, Roman Reigns and The Miz both deserve a multitude of credit for the matches they've had with Logan Paul. But Logan Paul deserves a multitude of credit. Look, it's 2022. All right, people have been carrying cell phones around for, for decades now. Tyler Breeze brought a cell phone to the ring. Now Austin Theory brings a cell phone to the ring. Yet no one has done a move filming themselves on a cell phone until Logan right. Paul does a frog splash off the top rope through Roman Reigns on the table. Like he's still finding ways to be innovative. 
Some people are calling his buckshot lariat better than Hangman Pages. I don't know if I'd go that far, but right. he's not afraid. He's put everything into it, which people doubted when went on the road to WrestleMania, and and he's he's a performer. And just I know people will want to. There's the crowd of people that are want to rep Fujiwara. There's a crowd of people that are going to want to rep Hook. And there's a crowd of people that are going to want to rep Braun Breaker. And I think Braun might have the biggest argument over anybody. But just because of the scale involved here, I can't see how it couldn't be Logan Paul. The guy main evented with Roman Reigns in a stadium. Here's my here's my other favorite Dave response in regards to Logan Paul. A uh, guy named Rob Jansen tweeted at him i know it's impossible to compare the two but uh, but somehow logan paul reminds me a bit of art bar question mark dave's response well dave's response as far as in the ring i see what you see Hmm. but art but art was nowhere close to this as a rookie it took him years to get to that level just like so how do you write how do you write that statement and then follow it up with, well, the competition's really stiff. Uh, there's a lot of reasons, right? He he could also be protecting his, you know, investment sure. in terms of the voting. The voting is a huge deal at the Wrestling Observer. The last thing that Dave wants to do is is have people I check mean, out of a category. True. Dave also Dave does also call Logan Paul special. Um yes. after the like in his response. No, I'm just I'm just saying you and you and Dave seem to be in agreement here. I, yeah, um, we are. Uh, I'm fine with that. Um, and um, that's, you know, that's good for you. It's, it's, it's maybe we can get Dave to unblock. You. That ain't it's a new world. Dave, Dave, it's a new world on Twitter. Um, Dave, it's, it's Greg is a not changed man. He has not changed his approach in any way, shape or form, but I feel like there could be some, some level of, of 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 agreement between the two of you for at least a day and then you can block him again i'm sure you'll find a reason i'm sure he would too okay here's the thing inflation i guess is is a thing now because i keep hearing the phrase 11.99 but i'm on the wrestling observer sign up page for their subscription and it is 12.99 per month at this point um Elon Musk has a better chance of getting $8 a month from me than Dave Meltzer has of getting $12.99 from me. And I doubt Elon's going to be getting $8 a month from me. So um, I'll just leave it at that. And I also doubt that Dave Meltzer's ever going to unblock me because I pointed out the lies he spread about Roman Reigns and leukemia before I had it. And now, could you imagine Dave trying to argue with me about chronic myeloid leukemia, which by the way, Roman Reigns and I haven't, right. I don't even just have leukemia. I have the same fucking one that Roman Reigns has. Like that's why if he comes in and he's like a little bit heavier than he was before, well, I know what the treatment does. If, you know, someone tries to say that he's cured, well, I know that's impossible. Like it, it's, you know, now I just laugh if anybody ever makes a claim about Roman Reigns and leukemia. He's the heel they want him to be. So, um, no one's going to make those claims anymore, but it was, uh, yeah, very interesting. So I am looking forward to see what Logan Paul does next. I'm sad that he's hurt. I wish him, you know, the speediest of recoveries from both a human interest element because I want him to recover from this because he's 27 years old. He's got a whole life ahead of him. 
And from a wrestling perspective, I want to see what else he can do in the ring. I think had he not gotten hurt, I still believe that we would have got the bloodline versus the brawling brutes, Logan Paul and Jake Paul in war games. Um, now that he got hurt, I think you're going to get the bloodline versus the brawling brutes in the new day in war games. And I think that's fine. I'm excited about it. Um, and I think that'll be good. That'll be entertaining. And I'm hundred percent down to see it, but Logan Paul delivered in a big way. And that's all he's ever done. Yes, he's only had three matches, but he's hit a home run in every single one of those three matches. And that's pretty damn good. You know, this is pretty damn good. Patrick O'Dowd. Oh, going to pro wrestling tees. What would you say? I said, what is? I, oh, I thought you what? said like balls or something. I was like, those are no. good. They're important. We have to have them. Is, we don't, we're not sponsored by Manscaped. Otherwise, that would have been a perfect transition. Uh, yeah, it would be. Podcast from time to time. But going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot is also great. Pick up a chair shot t-shirt, right? Pick one up, pick up two, pick up three. Who knows? Pick up three in honor of the number of bangers that Logan Paul has put on for us here in the world of professional wrestling. No matter how many you pick up, they are going to support the efforts that we make each and every day out here at thechairshot.com. We got logo shirts. We got slogan shirts. We got shirts for the podcast. We got all the kinds of styles that you might want, including everybody's favorite comfy, cozy, soft style. So go out there, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up one of those beautiful chair shot t-shirts and support what we do. Support the movement here at thechairshot.com. Always use your head and take that head, put it through the neck hole in the t-shirt that you bought at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. And while you're there, jump on over to IZWWrestling.com and get yourself a ticket to this Saturday night. I mean, if you're local, if you're not local, you know, maybe also get yourself a rental car or a plane ticket. Who knows? IZW, thankfully, the, the good folks at 3D Sports and Collectibles present Wanted Dead or Alive, the first ever steel cage match in IZW history. Patrick O'Dowd, I'm promoting a steel cage match. I don't even know what this life is. Um, as, as Final Destination... Charles Cassius, Evan Daniels, and the Emperor Bryce Saturn will do battle with the Regulators, the IZW World Heavyweight Champion, Thugnificent, EJ Sparks, and DeShade. We've got a Falls Count Anywhere match as Bryn Thorne defends her IZW Women's World Championship against Lilith Grimm. The rematch of the century between Jacob Austin Young and Graves, and so much more. Do not hesitate. Be there. Tickets are selling really well. I can't like warn you and tell you that it's going to sell out because this place is quite large and we have all the space in the world that we could possibly want and, and plenty of chairs to boot. So it's not going to happen, but it is outpacing all of our shows in 2022 so far. So come out, be a part of it. Have a great time. Wanted Dead or Alive, Saturday, November the 12th at the Horny Toad in Glendale, Arizona. Food and drink will be available. You got to be 21 to get by alcohol, but they're even setting up our own little special bar right next to the door um, for us to, to have people, you know, not us like me because I can't drink, but us like people who want to buy alcohol. So we're taking care of you as good as we can at the Horny Toad this Saturday night. Come out, be a part of it. We are going to shift gears to a new topic right after this commercial. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, Patrick O'Dowd, Monday Night Raw, another action-packed three-hour episode, including... The clip of Asuka and Eosky, Io, almost called it Yoshirai, arguing in Japanese. The translation, I know you said, at least, you know, sent me a message that you have not seen the translation. It is quite funny. It's like they just said, we can just say whatever we want because nobody's going to know what we're saying. The first half of the conversation is just Asuka being like, oh, you can speak Japanese. And Eo being like, of course I can speak Japanese. I am Japanese. You know this. Like that, that kind of thing. And then she keeps calling her stupid over and over again. Which causes EO Sky to call her a bitch. Just, just a classic promo moment they had a lot of fun with. And, and, you know, after seeing it, you think, how could you not do that at some point? Because the fans loved it. Everybody loved it. Imagine if that took place in a better city than Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. If that was in like Chicago right. or New York or LA, people would have gone bananas for that, but it was still, still good. And of course, led to a lot, including war games for the women that will be coming up. I am sad that we don't get. Uh, Sir William Regal giving us war games, but well, they don't give it to us, but we can. Oh yeah, of war games, war games, war games. But also on that episode of Raw, we had Austin Theory or Teary, as Kevin Patrick on commentary likes to pronounce his name, getting a win over Shelton Benjamin in a one-on-one match early in the show, and then. After Bobby Lashley, after Bob cements his heel turn and destroys our favorite visionary, Seth freaking Rollins, Austin Theory comes out, cashes in his money in the bank contract on the United States Championship, and thanks to another attack from Bob Lashley, loses in his cash-in for the United States Championship money in the back. I'm Patrick O'Dowd. You know what that means. That means Austin Theory's career is over. He is dead, gone, buried, and might as well go start wrestling on Dark every single week for AEW because he's done. He is. He's absolutely ruined. That's he's what the internet tells us. He's, he's ruined. Um, we're, we're never going to see Austin Theory ever again on WWE programming. He might as he well might- retire. Well, you know, I, I take it back. He will be he'll he'll be part of the main event house show loop. Yes. Um as he'll be jobbing to NXT talent on main event moving forward. Right. He'll he is done. Um and rest in peace, twenty five year old Austin Theory. Uh as your your career you that you never had a chance, sir. Once once nope. Uncle Vince once Grandpa Vince left 
your career was was done. You no longer have it. Um, I I guess um, turning turning your uh, your card to get you into what used to be Titan Tower and yeah, call done, up man. Tony because Tony Khan's your only hope now. Um, Pretty much. Hey, maybe you may not even be able to do that. You may have to go somewhere like MLW or. Yeah, or, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe probably work Zach Ryder on the Indies. I mean, I'm sure that. There could. you go. Oh, I hear the NWA has an opening uh, <laughs> yes, coming up they soon. Do. So maybe you can yes, head to the NWA. They do. Oh my uh, God, that you can take their title. I don't know. Does anyone even see Trevor Murdoch see is too busy feuding with Tyrus over their title? Because that's a main event in any city of the country, except none of them. Um. Oh God. You just no, I I forgot about Sorry, the NWA I, thing. It's just so stupid. I really hope Nick Aldis and Mickey James get a shot in WWE. Like I mean, Mickey's had it obviously, but I really hope. Right. That, I think that Nick, I think Nick. There's a place for Nick. I I, oh, I fully agree. I fully agree. Um, and congratulations, Billy Corgan. This has gotten you more attention than you know. As Patrick and I DM back and forth since Cody Rhodes won your title at All In. Like right. you've never been more prominent than you are now. Um, people call Billy Corgan pumpkin head and I saw a picture of him today and now I can't unsee that name for Billy Corgan. Like his head just looked like a giant yes. pumpkin. So, but we're talking about Austin theory, losing his money in the bank briefcase. So Patrick O'Dowd, you said it right. He's 25 years old. He, he won the briefcase. He, he lost his cash in. He's now dead and gone. Let me ask you a question, Patrick O'Dowd. Actually, let me read you some names. Okay. Roman Reigns, Bianca Belair, Ronda Rousey, Gunther, Seth Rollins, Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, Io Shirai, Dakota Kai, and Nikki Cross. If, assuming that Nikki Cross still is the WWE 24-7 champion, even though she chucked that thing at a trash can, not in a trash can, because she missed. What would you guess is the average age of all of the current champions, in not counting NXT, but all the current champions on the main roster of WWE where Austin Theory performs, what would you guess is the average age? Um, I'm sorry, which of that group that you just named? Yes, because they're all the champions on the main roster. So what 36. Would you Pretty damn close. 34.9, 35 years old, is the average age of all the champions. Roman Reigns is 37, as are the Usos. Even Dakota Kai, she's 34. Right, Rollins is thirty six. Austin Theory, he's twenty five years old. He's ten. He's he's twelve years younger than Roman Reigns. Twelve years ago, Roman Reigns, I think, might have been in FCW. He was because they made their debut, you know, ten years ago as of last week. So, um, so he may not even have been in FCW yet. He might have still been trying to play football. Who knows? Austin Theory is twenty five years old, and people are literally saying that he's done. And, and and he'll never. That's, that's not. Yeah, it's it's stupid, it's stupid. right? It's <laughs> it's just it's completely stupid. It's completely dumb. It's 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 again. It's this this mindset of fate. And I and this is true with a lot of like fandoms. So as I say this, and I feel like you know we we repeat this this broken record thing. When did you all think, when did you all decide that you know this business and how to run it 
better than the people who know this business and run it. Because if you really were someone who who knows how to quote build talent or knows how to you know build a company and that they're doing it all wrong, I'm going to toot his horn and and make it, I, I want to boost his ego for a second. But you do what Greg did and, and go fucking do it. Like you'd go do it. You don't do it. Do you? And here's the thing: is I can also tell you this. Greg DeMarco, he's been rejected by, you know, the biggest companies in the world. He's he's put in his his resume um, for funsies. It failed, because why wouldn't it? But, like, if you knew what you were doing, you'd be doing it. And you don't. You're a fan. You show up and you say, I like this guy, or I like this story, or I think this. And here's the other thing is, you don't know what, you, what, what works and what doesn't work. Because if you ran the show, and Austin Theory fucking cashed in and and maybe it's because for some reason it's the way that he lost out on his cash maybe maybe that's it because that you know he got destroyed by bobby lashley and so for some reason that was better than him just losing uh because you've also been programmed to believe that the only way to get anything good out of a money in the bank cash in is to win with your cash like and anybody who doesn't win with their cash in you immediately decide is an utter and complete failure and is dead, dead on the water for the giggle. But you don't like, you don't know what, what works. Right. Cause if you did, you'd be doing it and you'd be making it happen. And, and a 25 year old's career isn't over because he didn't win a secondary title against Seth Rollins by being destroyed by the dude they're trying to continue to build up. As fighting people like Brock Lesnar. Like, what are you doing here? What are you doing? He wasn't jobbed out. No. He wasn't. So, anyway. Okay, go ahead. You can talk. I'm sorry. For the record, I last applied for a job with WWE in 1995. Sure, but you tried it. You put your name in the... You I did. put your name... You I got put a your nice, hat in the ring. I got a nice letter from them. Now, think about 1995, right? Or, no, I'm sorry, 1999. Because right after I graduated college, their letter was very nice. It was like, this is a small family operation, blah, 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 whatever, right? I've not tried. I know people who have tried. I know people who work there. I could try. The problem is I got a wife and two kids and live in Arizona and like don't really want to change those things. So, yeah, I don't uh, I think that ship has sailed. But, you know, I hang my hat on the fact that I got offered a job by Ring of Honor and said no because I didn't want to move to Bristol, <laughs> Pennsylvania. And a year later, I probably would have lost that job when they got bought out anyway. So, um, right. which, you know, I ended up getting laid off like four times by other companies after that. So it doesn't matter, but I digress. Here's the thing. So many things that you said, and they're all accurate, but I just want to point out Roman Reigns is 37. Austin theory is 25. Okay. We are coming up on WrestleMania 39. All right. When Austin theory is the same age as Roman Reigns, we will be coming up on WrestleMania 51. We will go through the entire 40s of WrestleMania to get to 51 before Austin Theory is the same age as Roman Reigns today. That's just crazy. Okay. We're coming up on WrestleMania 39. All right. 12 years ago was WrestleMania 27. All right. When Roman Reigns wasn't even a thought in anybody's brain at that point. Right, the Miz was beating John Cena in the main event of WrestleMania, and and because The Rock restarted it after a countout, like 
12 years is so long. Like theory could disappear for five years, come back, and the landscape of wrestling will be totally different. It's just insane to think that this decision today in 2022 is going to impact who this guy might be in 2034. Like it's just, and, and God, I hope we're not still podcasting in 2034, but we might be because we did it 12 years ago almost. So um, right. you just never know, but it, it's just insane to think that he's done all of a sudden that he's just tapped out. His career is over. So, we, we could talk about the stupidity of that all day and all night. Who knows? I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you, Patrick O'Dowd. Mm-hmm. Sure. They could have used the briefcase differently. I think they could have used it to get the, the WWE championship off of Roman Reigns. I honestly think they're going to get the WWE championship off. Of, Cause here's the deal, right? Let's assume for a moment that Roman Reigns is going to defend the WWE championship against, or the, his championship against the rock at WrestleMania. All right. Do you think that's a decent assumption right now? Do you think that has at least yeah. a 50% chance of happening? Yeah, I do. I do too. Yeah, absolutely. Here's what I don't think has a 50% chance of happening. The rock winning the Royal rumble. Because if no. the rock enters the Royal rumble, why have the match? It will be right. very odd. Now, maybe he could be number 30 and unannounced. But my God, why would you have The Rock appear unannounced? Like, it right. would just be like, like there's so much money happening there. So I just don't think you have the Royal Rumble to get there. So I came up with this last week, this this, this thought last week. I was touting, use the briefcase to get the WWE Champion off of Roman Reigns, whatever. I think he's going to end up having that title taken away from him. And the winner of the Royal Rumble will be the WWE Champion. That's what I think they're going to do. You heard it here. Bold prediction from Greg DeMarco to go back on the bowl predictions. I think the Royal Rumble will be for the WWE Championship. That's how they get it off of Roman Reigns without Roman losing because I just don't see The Rock winning the Royal Rumble. So so that's two bold predictions now on this program. What was my first one? I need to keep track of this stuff. The the Logan Paul um, biggest, what did you say, like the biggest, uh, or biggest or second biggest, like, Star or whatever. I, I said top five. How you described it? Top five. Top That's five. not really a bold prediction. That was just a bold statement. But uh, hey, well, but oh, fair enough. Bold statement. But so so is saying the Royal no, Rumble very, will be for the WWE yeah, you're Championship. Very bold. I'm just going to keep bold. track of these because you never know. I might say other things today. Hopefully, I can read my handwriting later. So that being said, now you've got Austin Theory running around. All right, what do you do with him next? Okay. Do they have an angle in mind? Do they not? I would have no problem with 25-year-old Austin Theory going back to NXT for a third time because he's been, it would be three different occasions because he got called up during the pandemic and then went back down and came back. Winning the NXT championship from Braun Breaker and going on like a monstrous run for like two years. All right. Now, everybody can say two years because Roman Reigns, 800 days as champion, all that stuff. But I think that What's the one thing Austin Theory hasn't received quote-unquote training on yet? It's being the guy. He's not going to be the guy anytime soon. Because look at who they're pushing. I I talked about the ages of everybody. right? Roman Reigns is 37. Bianca Belair is 33. Ronda Rousey, 35. Gunther, 35. Seth Rollins, 36. Both Usos, 37. Io Shirai is the youngest person on this list. She's 32. Dakota Kai is 34. Nikki Cross is 33. 
right? When Alexa Bliss and Asuka held those tag titles, they're both in their 30s as well. Asuka's probably closer to 40. The roster's older right now, but they're still in their prime. Bob Lashley's like 45 or 46, and he's right. up there. Like, you look at who's getting pushed right now. A lot of these people are in their 30s. Austin Theory is really the star of the next generation of talent. Who's got? He's like Randy Orton, and we've compared him to Randy Orton on this show before. Well, Randy Orton's 40 or 42 or something right now. Right? He's like 17 years older than Austin Theory. Like This guy has so much time in front of him. So spending more time than on NXT where he can be the guy and get trained by Shawn Michaels on how to be the top champion carrying a company, like sign me the hell up. Like seriously, that would only set him up for a more prosperous career at the top of WWE in the years to come. That's what I would do. I'm not in charge. We talked about that. We joked about it a minute ago. But I would send him down there and I would have him carry a belt for as long as they possibly could and let him get experience being the guy. He was the guy in Evolve. Well, that's nothing compared yeah. to this. Being the guy in NXT. Because look, whenever Mandy Rose comes back up to the main roster, she's a whole different person than when she left. A whole different performer than, than when she left the main roster. Austin Theory is ahead of where Mandy Rose was when she left the main roster. But could come back and literally get right inserted into a main event program if he spent two years. And then at that point, he'd only be 27. It's just it, absurd that people think otherwise. And I know it's the internet, it's knee-jerk reaction, right. it's stupid. But that's what I would do with Austin Theory, send him down. I posted that somewhere and the person was like, I don't know if I can get behind that. And I'm like, well, what's the better idea? I don't know. And here's the thing. He cashed in for the United States Championship. No one seems to remember. He lost that belt at Muddy in the Bank to Bob Lashley. Yeah. Maybe it was pay-per-view before, and then he he lost his, his rematch with Bob. I don't know. But he lost that title to Bob Lashley, who loses it to Seth Rollins, who Theory tries to cash in on. And I don't think it makes the U.S. title look any better, as maybe they thought. But could you have waited and did a Royal Rumble and had the Royal Rumble winner win the WWE Championship and then Theory cash in? That would have been fun. There's a lot of things you could have done, yes, but it's just not as big of a deal as I think people are making of it. And I do think that Austin Theory, I said before Austin Theory will main event at WrestleMania, and I stand behind that. Because there's 12 more to go before he gets to the same age that Roman Reigns is now. 12. Right. That's insane. So anything else you want to say about Austin Theory? He'll be fine, kids. It's true. He'll be fine. That's true. Damn. So next up was a statement that was made by Raj Geary. Love Raj. I've talked to him in the past. Hell, I wrote like four articles for Wrestling Inc. at one point. Uh, formerly owner, he sold it within the last year of Wrestling Inc. No longer owns it. But he said that, and I paraphrase because I don't want to pull up the tweet, had he thinks that Samoa Joe should have been pushed how WWE is currently pushing Solo Sokoa. And I look at that and I'm like, obviously you can read a lot into it, right? You can read that Joe's talent was wasted. You can read all this stuff. And my initial thought was like, did he not see Ring of Honor? Like He built that company. Samoa Joe built Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yes, his main roster run was not what it could have been, although he did, you know, win the United States Championship, destroyed Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania, got to make that walk down the ramp at WrestleMania 35 that he's talked about. Do you think Samoa Joe's legacy is tarnished in any way, Patrick O'Dowd? No, I, I just I really hope he 
was speaking about it in the context of his WWE run and what could have been. Though even even that, ah, like I struggle with because if if Joe's run doesn't get hampered by injuries, like we just don't know what it would have been, right? Like ultimately, like I think that's the thing is Joe is the old is one of those ultimate what could have been stories in the WWE. And by the time, you know, by the time we got to where he could wrestle again, the w, he was he was kind of done with the WWE and the WWE under its previous management was kind of done with him too. So to me, it's a little, it's a little unfair to both guys. Agreed. Because yeah, you know, Sakoa's run has been good to start with, but it's it's just beginning. And I don't know that they would have, I don't know what, what they would or wouldn't have done with Joe, but I think he would have been a bigger deal had he not gotten hurt. He got hurt. Agreed. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. So, no, I don't think his career is tarnished at all. He seems to be okay with what he's doing at AEW right now. Seems to be fine. Um, and I don't, I actually think this is a no, a no lose proposition for either party when they left. Um, I just think it's an easier statement to to make to frame it like Joe was somehow wronged in the WWE when I don't think that was the case at all. I think the situation with Joe was such that he was a victim of his injuries. And remember, Samojo got released. Triple H immediately brought him back. Of all the people he could have brought back, he immediately brought back Joe, gave him responsibility in talent scouting. He yeah. saved them from carrying cross. At the time, who of course has since been brought back as well, they're being released because um, he had to go to the main roster. Somebody take the title off of him. It was Joe. Joe then gets hurt. All that. Then when Triple H goes away and they get rid of all the Triple H people from NXT, Joe's one of them. Had if Joe wasn't under contract AEW, he'd probably be back in WWE again at this point. Like, but here's the thing, man. He debuted in in, in 1999. Okay, I think Austin Theory was four. Just to to give people right. again more of the uh, more of the Austin Theory basis, but two, three years later he's Ring of Honor World Champion and goes on a monstrous run in Ring of Honor. Eventually signs with TNA and, and and works in TNA. Pretty much six or seven years in the business. At one point holds every single male championship in TNA, like all of them. Fused with Kurt Angle over every title. Like no one ever did that before him and, and before Kurt Angle. Like that's insane. Okay. Eventually goes back to Ring of Honor, d- does all that, goes to NXT, becomes NXT champion, becomes the first person to beat Shinsuke Nakamura. And I think he beat the demon at one point too in, in Finn Balor. Like yep. it's it, it, Joe is 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 a legend. Joe is going in the Hall of Fame. At some point, like he will go in the WWE Hall of Fame and he might be the first guy to go in off of his Ring of Honor accomplishments. And, and who knows what else? Like Joe is that guy. And I think he'll end up back in the company, whether it's in the ring or out of the ring, once his his, his time in AEW is up. I, I just to me, Joe is, is a legend, not just because we met him in a freaking Burger King, but because Joe is like he's that guy that people chanted Joe, Joe, like he's. You say in, in professional wrestling, if you say Joe, most people think of Samoa Joe immediately. Right. 
His name, his first name, three letters, Joe, is synonymous with his persona that he's developed with. And he's been the same guy, the same character everywhere. Since he figured out who Samoa Joe was in Ring of Honor, he's been same dude, same shorts, same everything. Like TNA put stupid face paint on him and whatever because they're TNA. But Joe has been that dude, same guy the whole time. And to say that he's, you know, I don't know. I just think his WWE run... You know, right guy, wrong time, whatever. But like, I don't begrudge it whatsoever. And he got hurt there too. Like, would I have loved to see Samoa Joe WB champion? Absolutely. Do I feel like his career is less because I didn't? No, I don't. He's still Joe, dude. He is still Joe. Like, play that Godzilla music, damn it. I know. I wish I still had that that up. I can I can find it though. I yeah, even, even closed YouTube from when I played the video from Raw. Good stuff. Let's see here. We'll go with this one. Is this the one? Let's see. It probably has an ad at the beginning. Here, go back to the beginning. here we go. There we go. Patrick, are you happy? You got your Samoa Joe. I'm pleased. I, I, I feel good. Hell so, yeah. Joe is still Joe. There's no reason for Joe not to be considered Joe. Joe is a legend and doesn't need anything to have been better. We're going to go to second commercial break. Be right back. And we're going to talk about a non-wrestling topic next up on The Greg DeMarco Show. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. We talked for 25 minutes on Austin Theory and Samoa Joe. Well, good ask, Some good podcasting. There's a lot to say. Got some good podcasting. But Patrick O'Dowd... Today or yesterday, Monday, um, we found out that the head coach of the New England, or excuse me, the Indianapolis Colts, Frank Reich, had been fired. This season was not going well for the Colts. Um, they really haven't recovered since Andrew Luck didn't didn't work out long term. So, right. um, Frank Reich was fired, and that that's one. You know, he's not even the first um, person to get fired in uh, you know in pro in in pro football this year. Um, Matt role was, but that was one thing that was newsworthy, whatever. The second newsworthy piece of it was his replacement, Patrick O'Dowd, zero NFL coaching experience. His only coaching experience is a losing season in high school football. Jeff Saturday has been named the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Talk about your thoughts on the dumpster fire, as you put it, of the Indianapolis Colts and their decision to put Jeff Saturday at the helm like five days before their next game? Well, it certainly is a decision. <laughs> it is a decision. I guess we, yes. can, we, can, we can certainly agree that it is a decision. Look, it just shows you that owners are really the problem with the NFL in general. And 
in a lot of ways. Like an Ursay and I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Like, what bender is he going on? Uh, like, I, I, like, it's just, it's staggering to me to eat. And, and maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's just, hey, this is outside the box. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to try something different because what, right. well, we'll get what's there. the way, what you're supposed to do isn't working. So we're going to do this. And, and it's not that I, don't think Jeff Saturday doesn't have a, a good football mind. Does he have the CEO of of a football team mentality to manage players in the NFL and, and coach team? I don't know. Um, at, at best, it's a big risk. At worst, it's a monumentally stupid decision that shows that Ursa is just like, fuck it, I give up. I don't think it's fucking I give up, but it's interesting because we talked about it off air. Gus Bradley and John Fox are both on that staff. Prior head coaching experience. John Fox coached for two teams. You know, your beloved Chicago Bears along with the Denver Broncos. I think Gus Bradley only coached for one as a head coach. Obviously, they've got, you know, probably 80 years of coaching experience between just those two guys. But... It just it is it it is it, you're taken aback by this announcement that Jeff Saturday. There's a rumor out there. Last weekend, um, like not this past weekend that just happened, where the Colts got absolutely destroyed by the Patriots, but the weekend before, they inducted somebody into the Colts Ring of Honor, and people came back, and one of them was Jeff Saturday. There's a rumor that that's when the conversation took place, and Ursay was like, "Do you want to come coach the team?" Like like. That long ago, just a week and a half ago, not even. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what's out there. And but here's the thing, and and this is going to be the most Greg DeMarco statement ever. I don't hate it when I look at it from thirty thousand feet. I don't hate it, and there's really specific reasons why. If he was hired during the off season, I would hate it. Right, but they suck this year. This team stinks. Sure. They're not going to accomplish anything in this year. They're probably going to have to hire a new coach at the end of the season, even if they waited to fire Frank Reich. Frank Reich was probably not going to survive the year. There is a very small window of time where you can do something crazy like this just to see if it works and have an easy out if it doesn't. And this is that really small window of time. It's it falls into that crazy enough just might work category that you can only right. really do if you fire your head coach in week nine of an NFL season, because the whole staff would probably be gone anyway. And you're pro- and, and if if Jeff Saturday works, my God, you're brilliant! Like you pulled a rabbit out of a hat that nobody expected. Maybe you arm him with better coordinators. Maybe he does have that CEO mentality. Because I can't stand this is this is a Greg Demarco problem only. There's others, but. I hate head coaches calling offensive or defensive plays. I really do. Like that's why people make poor timing decisions. That's why they they make a bad decision whether or not to fake or to go for it on fourth down or kick a field goal or whatever. It's because the head coach is too busy trying to call offensive or defensive plays. I think you have a head coach be head coach. You have two good coordinators. And you go and all the good coordinators get hired and they haven't developed new people to come in. So I get, that's why it happens, right? Frank Reich was called the plays. So to me, ideally, I would not want your head coach calling plays. So maybe Jeff Saturday has that CEO mentality and it works. Maybe he doesn't. Who cares? You're what three, five, and one right now. Right. Team stinks. 
and and you, you probably want to tank and try to draft a quarterback because every free agent you signed, the one who did work out retired. Carson Wentz didn't, you know, did, didn't work out because it doesn't know how to slide or throw a ball away. Matt Ryan showed up in India and lost all of his abilities. Like, you know, Andrew Luck's not getting off that plane and, and coming back. And even if he did, he's probably not going right. to be the same guy at this point. Peyton Manning's done and you haven't recovered from him, which can happen to an organization. Look at the Patriots right now. Um, and, and it's just where we are, but it, it's crazy enough to work, work. And if it doesn't work, you just fire the whole staff and throw a bunch of money at Sean Payton anyway. Like it's just, it, to me, there's, there's really no downside because you were already going to have a terrible season. And, and if anything, you're going to get that spark that the, this former player comes in. He's going to be great with the players. He's probably been around the building here and there, at least at these functions like a ring of honor induction. Like you'll get a little bit of a spark. You're going to get, a, you're getting attention. No one's talking about the fact that you scored, that you gained negative two yards in the first half of, of the first quarter of your last game and have scored like three points in the first half of your six games combined or whatever this past six games of the season. Like no one's talking about, they're all talking about Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday is like, putting the attention on himself and I'm sure that's by design and, and letting everybody else try to write the ship. So I'm okay with it. Is it crazy? Absolutely. But this is a situation where you can try crazy. Do I think it's going to work? If I had to place a bet, I would bet. No, I don't think it's going to work, but if it does, it does. So I'm interested to see what happens and interested to see. And I care more about the well, Colts now. Yeah, than I did it'll, ago. it'll certainly be something worth watching. Because let's be right. honest, NFL cares about things like TV contracts and ratings and and all the business end. Those are all entertainment related things. Like the Colts yep. just became a more entertaining football team for me to care about and watch and follow along with than they were a week ago when they just stunk. Now they stink, but they have this crazy ass head coach. So from that perspective, I'm a little more engaged. Here's what I'll ask you, Patrick O'Dowd. So they, they, they've had, they've had nine games so far. They're three, five, and one. So mm-hmm. they've got, uh, eight games left. Okay. Do they have a better record with Frank Reich in those eight games or do they have a better record with Jeff Saturday in those eight games? Uh, I'm going to say they have a better record with Frank Reich. I'm gonna say Jeff Saturday, probably only by a game or so, but I, I just, just think I can't, they're I can't gonna get do that it, boost, right? They're gonna get oh, that, that new, boost. That, that new coach boost. That new coach boost. Maybe he was holding certain coordinators back. Who knows what? Right? And I just think maybe instead of winning two games, they win three. Instead of winning one game, they win two. I don't think they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to salvage this season with either guy. But no. I do think that some excitement will be. They're still going to stink at the end of the year. They're still going to get a high draft pick. Hopefully, they they, they hit on a quarterback and, and they can turn it around because they are a team that, because of names like Pat McAfee and the attention they draw, they are a team that would do justice for the NFL if they're good. The Indianapolis Colts. From history with Peyton Manning and the wars that they had with the Patriots and Tom Brady to the publicity that they get now off of a name like Pat McAfee, they are a team that if you're the NFL, you'd like to be good. So that's what uh, what I think. So Frank Reich, inexplicably, inexplicably anyway, 
the the fired him being fired is not inexplicable at all. It's understandable. But Jeff Saturday being the head coach, kind of crazy. All right, Patrick O'Dowd. You know what time it is. We've come to the point of the program where I get to talk about one of my favorite topics in all of professional wrestling history. How many podcasts have we talked about this topic? Uh, probably twelve at this point. Yeah. How many? How many years have we been doing this podcast? Twelve, I think. Eleven. Just, just checking. Just it, checking. it was May of 2011, so eleven. We're getting 12, there. 15, this would be the twelfth time that we talked about it. Because I'm sure we've talked about it okay. in November. Uh, we may not have. We may have missed one or two here. Then. Ish. But I yeah. would we say. May have been on, we may have been on hiatus. I would say like minimum eight times. times that we've talked about this topic. Oh, yeah. Totally. Over the past. And that's years. just talking about the anniversary of said topic. It's come up other times, too. It's probably been 50 or 60 times. Who the hell knows? But here's the thing, Patrick. Today, November 9th, 2022, the day that people are listening to this, is not the day that Austin Theory turned three months old. I looked it up. It is actually the 25th anniversary of the Montreal screw job. And I just love talking about the screw. Why do I love to talk about the screw job, Patrick Dowd? Why is this one of my favorite topics in all of wrestling history? Now, then, now, forever, always together, whatever WWE slogan is. Why? Because you love, one, you love telling everybody that it's a work, that it's not a shoot. And to all the people who believe... That it wasn't uh wasn't a work that Vince McMahon truly did screw Bret Hart by having him lose the title without his knowledge um, in Montreal. Right, and November I need to 9th. clarify. I always need to clarify because um, it is. You know, it's 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 it can be misconstrued. It can be misread. We've seen wrestling with shadows. We've seen all that stuff. Again, the only thing I maintain is that Brett knew. That's it. Right. Bruce Pritchard has talked about how he didn't know. The Undertaker didn't know. All these people didn't know. I honestly believe that small group of people that has been said that knew, right? Vince McMahon, Earl Hebner, Jack Briscoe, Jim Cornette, because it was, you know, his idea. Allegedly, his Cornette's idea. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Um, Earl Hebner, Sean Mike, like, like, I, I just think there's one more name on that list, and that name is Bret Hart. And every time I think about it, every time I hear people talk about it, another little thing pops up, right? Wrestling with Shadows was one, um, because they let them record that, they let them do all that stuff. There's been little bits and pieces. The end of Wrestling with Shadows, when Bret Hart says it all worked out perfectly, they got their title, he got the left with his dignity. Like, all that is is there. A new wrinkle came up for me this week. So on uh, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, they, they didn't do a new version of it, but they basically put together bits and pieces of other ones into like a remix episode, right. playing different parts. Yeah. And Bruce Pritchard said something, obviously from a prior episode, that I never fully caught on to until this time around. He said, in a meeting, whatever, with Brett there... Brett was like, yeah, I need to lose a title. We just need to figure out how. They figured out how. <laughs> like, it's just... That's where... He, like, like, even Brett himself was like, yeah, we just got to figure out how to do it. Like, I really do think he didn't want to lose in Montreal. I believe all that's true. 
He didn't want to lose to Montreal. He didn't want to lose to Shawn Michaels. Now, he originally told Michaels, hey, I would give you, I would lose title to you. And Michaels allegedly said back, well, I wouldn't do that for you. Um, Because Shawn Michaels was a dick back then. So I can believe that. But hearing that Brett was like, yeah, we just need to figure it out. And Brett was there, either said that or was there when that was said. Like, I think this is what they came up with. And the rest is this wrestling lore that's going to be around forever that people believe for the same reason they believe wrestling news because they want it to be true. If I, if I were to sit here today and design a new shirt, maybe I should, that shirt would just say Brett knew is what it was. Cause that's the big difference. When people hear someone say the Montreal screw job was a work, they think it's like any right. other work in wrestling that everybody knew that it was on the format, that it was whatever. Like, and, right. and here's the thing. I did a reverse screw job. And I've told this story before, right? At Monster 2021, when Thugnificent became the IZW World Heavyweight Champion, he didn't know he was going to become the IZW World Heavyweight Champion. The format said somebody else. And, mm-hmm. and he was in the final two with that somebody else. And then we made it happen in the ring. I didn't tell the ref because it's, it's a rumble, right? And the last person, when it gets down to two people, then it's a one-on-one match is how we do it. Well, it wasn't even right. until right before the ref goes out there for the rumble that I told him what it was. And then that ref got hurt. Another ref had to go in. I didn't even tell him. I was just like, just count the three. Don't pull your count. Right. The ring announcer didn't find out till after the match started. Like didn't tell him until after the match started. Like very few people knew this because he wanted it to be a surprise. The promo that Thugnificent cuts after he wins it, where he talks about what it meant to him and to be trusted with this and all that. Like that was real. Cause he didn't know he was supposed to win. So he was in shock. He, we still talk about it. Every, every event that we're at, like he brings it up. Like it's a moment that I'll have for the rest of his life. But not everybody was in on it, but it was still at work. So in fact, it was a bigger screw job because the guy who, who won it didn't know. I really just think that Brett was in on it. This was the idea they came up with. This was the resolution that they came up with. So, so we've talked about this, like we said, at minimum eight times, probably more like 25, 30, who knows. So I will ask you this question, Patrick Bedard. What would, why won't people even entertain the idea? Because uh, it's a legend now at this point. Like, like it's as it's part of wrestling lore. Uh, and regardless, like, is, you know, your beliefs notwithstanding, the, the legend is that, you know, Vince screwed Brett at, you know, in Montreal, that Brett didn't know what was going to happen. And, and that's then, that then led to the, the famous Brett screwed Brett interview. And that moment, also in the context of what was going on at the time between WCW and the WWE, like it makes that story bigger more interesting, more compelling to run with the story that's largely told, which is is the one that says that Brett didn't know what was going to happen. Like to me, that's at least that's why people don't want it, because it's it's fun. It's the same thing, like any any of those like events that happen throughout the history of wrestling that are kind of legendary whether it's you know real or not you know whether it's the hell even the windy richter screw job is you know it's a 
it's it's part of wrestling lore and it's and it's and legend and and part of the f- almost fun lore and legend like it's not like a the the dirty seedy sad stuff it's not bruiser brody getting stabbed in a shower like it's it's a title story and it and it adds to the drama of the great monday night wars and the ratings wars and what was happening and at the time with vince and, and everybody in between so to me that's why people won't and I think all that is fair. It is part of the lore. It is part of the fun. And honestly, it being a work doesn't change anything. It really doesn't. Like, Not it, really. It just takes away that idea that Brett got screwed, whatever. I wonder if Brett came out. See, I'm trying to have this conversation in different ways than we had it before. If Brett came out tomorrow and said, guess what? I knew about it. Oh, it'd be huge news. Right? What would Everybody people- freak out. Yeah, like, like, could you imagine the reaction? And it's so funny because Brett's made a ton of money off this thing, off of the. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Every, and every, every, right. Well, just every two bit, you know, indie that's paid the money to bring him in has run some sort of angle. I, I'm assuming where where he he saves the day and stops somebody from getting screwed. Oh yeah, I mean, outside that's what of his, I would do. Outside, um, outside of his outside of his Ring of Honor appearances, where he just did promos and said, "This city was great. I'm glad I had a lot of great matches here. Thank you." And waved to the crowd. Right, says the guy who saw him in Boston. Um, <laughs> I forgot that he was one of the Boston shows you went to. I, I just rewatched that show. It was like, oh yeah, Bret Hart gave like a five minute promo that said absolutely nothing, did nothing. But other they probably than paid him ten everybody. grand for. Him. Um, right. No, that was Ric Flair who was getting ten grand per appearance. In this. They probably paid him five, but. Um, but here's the crazy thing, right? If Brett were to come out tomorrow and say he knew, that would probably be his second chance to monetize the whole thing at that point. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because now he'd be given this new story, whatever. And then how many people would rush to say that Brett was now lying? That Brett's out of the spotlight and wants the spotlight back and now he's just making up this bullshit because they want it to be true so bad. Who knows? Um but I would, uh, and and of course, you know, you get a million. I told you so. Tweets for me if that happened. But I will will stick to to my guns that this was a work. I don't know if Brett will ever admit it, um, and and he doesn't have to. Like that's the other thing too. Like I'm fine with it never being fully revealed or whatever. Like that's what wrestling is all about. Like Bruce Pritchard still won't tell Conrad Thompson how they did the buried alive match. Like he, he just won't tell right. him. So. It's, it's, he might tell him off air, but he never tells him on air. So who knows? Oh, yeah. Um, but this is right up there with Daniel Bryan and the, and the push to WrestleMania 30, like, which was the plan all along. Like, people just don't want to believe. It's so funny for a business <clears throat> that is built on a work that, that the greatest things you can do are the work that you pay money to go to an event to get worked. People refuse to believe that they got worked. And, but that's what you pay money for. That's what makes this thing so great. And and that's what makes it just so much fun. And it's just a big part, you know, a thing to be a part of. So, um, yeah, I'm sticking with it though. We're, what we've probably, I've probably asked you this before. One of the million times we've talked about this. If you were to have to put a percentage, what the percentage chance that this was a work, what would you say? I mean, I've always erred on the side that it was, that it was real. Right. Uh, I'm not I'm not as strongly uh, like adamant about it. I'm more of like a 
a 60-40 sort of guy, maybe a 55-45 sort of guy when it comes to like one way or the other. But uh I've always I've always been on the side of I I've always thought it was uh I've always thought it was real. At, at least from the perspectives that we've talked about. Yeah. And that's fine. I think a lot of people feel that way and I don't begrudge anybody for it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm that opposite end of those people. Cause some people would say 100%. Like if I said, put a percentage on it, they would immediately go to 100%, you know, right. that, that it was. And, and it's one of the few times where I go 100% that Brett knew, like, I just cannot shake that feeling. Cannot get off of it. Never will. Just like Daniel Bryan and the WrestleMania 30 push, like can never, ever, ever feel that way. So there we go. Happy anniversary to you. Happy 25th anniversary. Montreal screw job. November 9th, 1997. Also same, you know, happy 25th anniversary of Austin Theory turning three months old. We're proud of you, young Austin Theory. Look what all you've accomplished in your wrestling career, which is apparently now over. Uh, we celebrate you for the career you've had. And and look forward to to the many things that you'll do in the future. Which, by the way, because you're 25 years old, will be plentiful. And everybody who says otherwise is a bunch of idiots. Old school ending, because why the hell not? Patrick O'Dowd, we we, we talked about Logan Paul. We talked about Austin Theory. We talked about Samoa Joe. We talked about the Indianapolis Colts hiring Jeff Saturday as their head coach. And the Montreal screw job. So we're going to take those five topics and put them order one through. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. But the list will return next week. We'll come up with a list. But could you imagine if we now had to turn around and do a list? Like we are an hour and 16 minutes into a podcast. And then we would spend 45 minutes making a list. Like we're not going. If Patrick had off tomorrow, maybe we could. But he doesn't. So happy Veterans Day to those of you out there. Thank you to those of you who have served. Uh, this country that we're privileged to live in, whether you like things about this country or you don't like things about this country, just by being born here, we get a leg up on a lot of other people who don't have the opportunities that we do just by nature of where we were born. And and Veterans Day, if every day isn't a stark reminder, Veterans Day should be a stark reminder of what it takes to get there, regardless of how you feel politically and, and or like me, where you you don't feel anything politically because you hate politics. Uh, I, I'm appreciative of those who have served and what they've done for us and, and uh, put a big word of thanks out there for everybody who has. Enjoy all the free food and all the free everything you can on this Veterans Day because it is your day to, to take advantage of and, and you deserve every little bit of it. But you know, Veterans Day, you're off. You got nothing to do. Why don't you hop, pop on open your Twitter? And type into that search bar, W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T, and help Patrick O'Dowd achieve the Patrick 600. He's, what was it, 54 people away? Yes, I was 54. I am 54 people away. I have gained no new followers in 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 the course of this podcast. And sometimes it happens. Sometimes an hour and 16 minutes later, your number is different. So I get, I get all, a new bot. It is all very possible. I, I get a steady stream of bots nowadays too. Hopefully Elon Musk doesn't make him t- pay $8 a month and, and delete them all from the platform like he did Kathy Griffin. I, some right. of it's hilarious though. Like, yeah, I think a lot of the Elon stuff is stupid, but like 
it, it's it's it also just goes to show like sometimes you know don't don't poke the bear right like seriously like don't just just some people do things so they think they can and then get super pissed when yeah. they find out they really couldn't and i don't agree with a lot of the stuff the guy has said or done or whatever but then i look at some of the stuff and i'm just like he warned you and then you still did it anyway like it's like the whole stove thing right the stove's hot don't touch the stove first thing you do is go touch the fucking stove and you get burned like, and then you get mad about getting burned when you were told the stove was going to be hot. So who knows? Yeah, right. Anyway, go follow Patrick Dad on Twitter at Greg DeMarco 44 at ChairShot Media because this podcast and so many other great podcasts that people work very hard on are all part of the ChairShot Radio Network, which you can go online and hear at thechairshot.com. 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 Always use your head. All right. So that is going to do it for this week's edition. Let's find something fun to play. I don't even know what what I want to play out. So Patrick O'Dowd, for you, I guess we'll go with, with, I can never go wrong with this one. 